Welcome to the Launch University Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Kevin Jennings. Well, everybody, welcome to the Launch University Podcast. Um, I'm Kevin, and I'm here with my other co-founder friend, Shane Benson. Shane, what's going good on, Good to be with you. Hey, we are here at Plywood Presents 2018. And we have the privilege of being with Ashley Jones. So first of all, I got to meet Ashley in person. We hung out at uh, the Plywood Retreat Reunion. Mm-hmm. They do a kind of a, a two or three day retreat uh, in, the, in the winter. And I hung out in the cabin with really great food and got to tear each other's business apart and support each other. And, um, and it was really refreshing. But I walked out just hearing a little bit of Ashley's story my admiration for you, respect for you. I just knew I, I, eventually it was going to happen. I had, I, mean, I had wrote it down even then. And so uh, Ashley created an incredible organization called Love Not Lost. I can explain the story, but I want her to say it because yeah. she's going to do it way better than me. <laughs> um, but sincerely, um, this whole podcast is about introducing people like Ashley who have either acted on a, on a passion, a need that they see in, in their community, in their world, and just leverage their natural ambition to say, how can I make a difference? And we want you to have time with her. So for the next 30 minutes, you're going to get to get mentored by her a little bit. And uh, we hope that along the way um, helps you go from go-getter to difference maker. Yeah. So, awesome. Ashley. Thank you so much. Oh, no, Ashley, thank you for being here. All right, so your story and, yes. and, and how you got to love, not lost, and create this organization. Okay, I'm gonna give you the short version. Okay, we're with it. Okay, go. if you want more details, go to the website. Um, <laughs> basically, um, my husband and I had a daughter. At two months old, we found out she had a terminal diagnosis of SMA, which stands for spinal muscular atrophy. It's really similar to ALS. Uh, there's no cure. And the doctors told us we would be lucky to see her first birthday. So, of course, that's like the worst news you can oh, hear as parents. I can imagine. And we made the decision to go home and make the most of the time that we had together. And we didn't know what that would look like. And we didn't know um, what was in store. But we knew it was just a really good wake-up call that we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And, yeah, so we just decided to live really intentionally with her. And... During that time, we had friends who really knew how to support us and love us well. We had friends who didn't know what to do with us, and they just disappeared. Yeah. Uh, We had really amazing family, uh, church family. We had an incredible community that surrounded us, and that really helped us get through those times. And one friend gifted us a portrait session with a professional photographer. And this photographer showed up, did portraits for our family, and found out our story, donated the whole session, and came back a second time when Skylar had actually reached her first birthday. Wow. And did a a whole other session, and it was really beautiful. And then Skylar passed away at 21 months old. Mm -hmm. And so it was then that I fully, and even then I didn't really fully understand, but I started to fully understand the power that photos had through the grief and healing process. When she passed away, it was really, really hard for me to look at those photos because the pain of her her not being there was so raw and hard that I actually like all the framed photos we had in our house, I turned down. But then after a week, I was just missing her so much that I like turned them back up and then like I would sit with them and it was great because I could like ugly cry and like yeah. have all the snot pouring out of my face and not worry about being yeah. judged by my friends, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like 
the photos really provided a safe space to grieve however I needed to grieve. And that was a, a wake-up call for me, too, of, wow, like these photos are providing so much healing and the, just the freedom to grieve and, and a actually physical space to grieve. Well, can when, I just hit the pause right yeah. there? Because I think something you're touching on, too, and it's so important, is it's, it's what I hear you saying that is the, the, the photograph or that mm-hmm. memory is along with you during the journey, oh, right? Yeah. There's this high, right. and then there's those just tearful moments where sometimes you're laughing, sometimes you're crying, but yeah. it's with you throughout that journey. Absolutely. And I, I love and I that can, you guys are doing that. Like if I'm having a, di- a good day, I can just look at them and say hey to her and talk to her still. And mm-hmm. like, and honestly, like the photos give me a way to hold her when she's not here to hold. Oh, yeah. wow. That's powerful. So mm-hmm. that's the short-term kind of impact. The long-term is... We don't get the choice of what memories we get to keep and what memories disappear from our brain. Yeah. And that sucks so bad. Yeah. yeah. Because some of the memories I have with her are starting to fade. Mm. And I can't get, I, you know, we don't have control over which ones yeah. are filtered out. Yeah. And so I like to kind of describe the photos as like an external hard drive where you know, maybe they kind of disappear from our brain a little bit, but we look at that photo and then it pulls out all of those memories. Right. And so that was something too, that as time went on, I realized the power that photos had. So after she died, I had all this time. I was her full-time mom and caregiver for almost two years. And I was severely depressed, obviously, and just needed something to get me out of bed. I had no other kids. I had a dog who would sit there and whine for hours, and then finally I would get up and let him out, you know, and feel guilty about it. (laughs) And so I was like, all right, like, I need something. And I started my own photography business. Portraits and weddings were my main focus. And then anytime I heard of anyone facing a terminal diagnosis, I would volunteer to do a free portrait session. Wow. So real quick, um, I think it was Dana Spinola from Fabric. Mm -hmm. And um, she has this quote that she uses all the time. She asks this question, and I want to make sure you get it right. What makes your heart beat Mm -hmm. and what makes your heart break? Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you just nailed it, right? So you had this passion around taking pictures, and you did that, and you you loved it. It was like, what makes your heart beat? But what makes your heart break is families with kids Mm -hmm. with terminal illness. And the combination of those two really is what created Love Not Lost. I mean, that's, that's the essence of it. Exactly, yeah you know, volunteering the sessions, I just wanted, I wanted to make sure that other families had photos, whether they used them or not, to help them through the grief process and to have healing and memories preserved. Mm -hmm. So I, I volunteered and it would be kids, adults, you know, the very first family that I served is the big hope photo that we use on a lot of things. And it's, um, Kevin Hill was the dad who was fighting stage four melanoma cancer wife, two kids. We photographed their family. I photographed some neighbors that had different terminal illnesses. And anyway, I started, I started donating all these sessions and my husband's like, I love you, but, (laughs) and I'm like, this is great. I get it. (laughs) I'm like, we got bills to pay. I know. Um, and so that was something that I was like, I know for us, we had bills to pay. We never knew what insurance was going to cover, what they weren't going to cover, what funeral expenses Mm -hmm. we were going to have. So it was really important to me that we did this for free to the families that we were serving. Yeah. So that's when I was like, well, I know I'm not rich enough to pay for all of this and do it on a national level. Yeah. But I think there are enough people out there who care. 
and who've been through this and understand the importance of it, that they would help support me. So I started the nonprofit. We officially launched in 2016. And that is how Love Not Lost was born. So, you know, I think it is interesting, you know, when you, you're passionate about something mm-hmm. and you do it for free, right? Mm-hmm. Anything we're passionate about, it's like, you don't even yeah. have to pay me. That's right. But turning that into a business model, mm-hmm. I, I think is, is a really yes. important yes. part of this because yeah. I think sometimes people go, well, how do I do that? And sometimes you could almost feel guilty about doing mm-hmm. it. Um, I'm curious, say a little bit more about, so it, it did sound like there was this healthy conversation mm-hmm. between you and your husband. Yes. Um, when did, what was the, the tipping point for you to go, okay, we can actually do this and it provides income. Like, does that make sense? It's like, how, how did uh-huh. you get to that point? You know, I, that's a great question, but in my mind, it wasn't a question. Say so, more. so I knew that this was a need and every time I did a session, I would hear how it impacted the family and each family story was different. So there was a different story of impact, like the Hill family that I just told you about. I ended up creating this really beautiful, like handcrafted wedding album because we had done a couple sessions together. And when Kevin died, I created this really beautiful album, gave it to Rachel, his wife. And she was like hysterical crying and was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. A few months later, she's like, I just want to let you know, Ashley, that anytime my daughter Evie has a new person come to the house, she like takes them by the hand, walks them to the sofa, Mm. sits them down in front of the coffee table and opens the book and introduces them to her daddy and tells them his story. Mm. And you're like, dang, that's really powerful. Then I photographed a mom who was pregnant with a baby who was active all during labor. And the second he came out, he wasn't breathing. They put him on life support. They tried to save him. They couldn't. And they asked me to come photograph as they were saying goodbye. And I, I did. Two years later, fast forward, they're pregnant with a healthy baby girl. They have her. I do the newborn session because I was like, I would do this no matter what. Sure. So let's go ahead and celebrate it while we can. Yeah. And as we're doing the session, we did some you know, poses with her that we did for her big brother. And the mom looks at me and was like, Ashley, I don't know if you realize this, but the photos that you took of my firstborn son, those photos are all we have of him, like as a tangible way to to see him and meet him. Mm. That's the only way our daughter is going to meet her big brother. Mm. So like with each family, there was like a different way that these photos impacted. Yeah. So when my husband was like, hey, we got to pay bills. You can't, you know, you just can't keep doing all this for free. And... I, the problem, the real problem is that I love giving. I'm a gift giver. And so That's I would your give, love language. I yep. would give yep. albums. I would give artwork. I would give prints. And my husband's like, okay, this is actually like costing us a lot of money. Yeah. It's not just files <laughs> right. anymore. It's not just free. It's yeah. not just your time. It's like actually money out of our pocket too. Yeah. And so for me though, it was like, I understand, but also with the stories of impact, there is no way that I am going to stop doing this. Mm-hmm. So I will figure it out and I will not charge them. So well, the next logical thing for me was, okay, nonprofit, let's do this. And, and if I have, and I have been, unfortunately, uh, around people that have gone through stuff like this, mm-hmm. I, I would pull out my checkbook in a heartbeat to mm-hmm. provide something for somebody. Yeah. And therein lies the business model, right? right. You're like, you tap into the energy or the community around those individuals, I would assume, and that helps to cover some or defray some of that cost around that, I would imagine. 
Yeah, and another thing I think that's worth noting that actually you said, I think that we can often forget because a, a lot of this podcast is about, okay, you know, dissecting what you experience and us kind of taking the lessons out so we can all kind of learn from your experiences. And, some, and we talk a lot about, you know, empathy and understanding before mm-hmm. you jump into creating solutions and prototyping yeah. and, and really giving you a process. But what you talked about also was just determination too, right? There's a little bit of will. Like, hey, okay. I will figure this out. And I, and I just want to remind people, like, yes, we want to help you be successful more often. Mm-hmm. But there's a reality that somebody's just down, I'm just going to figure this out. Like, I'm, I, I mean, this this matters too much. And yes, I might need to find the right version of this, mm-hmm. whether it be for-profit, non-profit, et cetera, but I'm not walking away from it, too. And I, right. and I think cause you could have easily said, oh, I guess I got to do more weddings. Right. You know, you're like, no, 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 no. Like, that's not the answer. Like, the answer is mm-hmm. more of this, not more weddings so I can do this once a week or once right. a month. It's this more often. And I think it's a really powerful idea for all of us to kind of remember. Yeah. And to be fair, like, I am very business-minded. Sure. So one of the things that... As soon as I had the idea for the nonprofit, I did a ton of research of, is there anyone else doing anything like this? Can I partner with someone first? Because I know starting a nonprofit is a ton of work. Yep. Way more than I thought, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> um, and so that was something that I knew, okay, if, you know, if I could find another organization, I could just volunteer with them and help them grow. But as I did research, I would find a photographer here, a photographer there offering the same thing that I was doing, but no one on a large scale. And of the organizations that did a large scale, a lot were really selective about who they served. And that was a problem for me because when Skylar was diagnosed at two months old, we called this organization called Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep. And they photographed babies that never make it home from the hospital. Well, at two months old, Skylar had made it home. So we didn't qualify for their services. But, and I get it, you know, they Mm -hmm. need to serve their people. Mm -hmm. But I was devastated because I was like, my daughter's dying too, and we need photos. Mm -hmm. And then I thought about, you know, I have friends with terminal illnesses. I have, you know, spouses, grandmas. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone has loved ones that they love and they want to remember. And so for me, it was really, really important that we didn't discriminate by age or illness. So there were other organizations that only served people with cancer. Well, we had a super rare genetic disorder within Skylar that it was like, well, we need love too, right? Yeah. So that was something, as I did my research, there really wasn't anyone hmm. that was openly accepting of ages and illnesses. A lot of people had discriminations based on certain categories that eliminated a lot of people from their care. And so that was really important to me. Um, and also, I, I, from the beginning, I knew I'm a big macro world changer thinker. And so from the beginning, I was like, this is going to be a national organization. And we're working towards that right now. That's awesome. So, I mean, I think it's interesting because you essentially, you were kind of filling the gap of all the niches. Like right. yep. there were all these niche companies. Mm-hmm. You said, hey, holistically, if you pull up, there's a larger need, and we want to fulfill that need, yeah. and we want to do it globally. Right. See, and that's another big lesson, right? Because once again, you hear a lot of common knowledge of the riches are in the niches. You need to specialize, mm-hmm. and, and, once again, and you are specializing. But the reality is, but to your point, there is a there is a middle ground, or, or or maybe a higher issue you can solve with the same solution. Mm-hmm. You just think, look at it differently. And so, I, I mean, once again, that's powerful. All by well, itself. it started with you you identifying a customer that mm-hmm. was not having a need fulfilled, right? right? And they were they were in these gaps and you said, "Okay, I'm going to fill that gap 
with the services that I have and the passion that I have. And mm-hmm. I, lo- I love that idea. I'm curious a little bit. This is such emotional work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think everybody that's passionate about something, they bring emotion to that business or that idea. But this is on a different plane, right? This yeah. is literally life and death. And mm-hmm. you're dealing with uh, just devastation. Heavy, stuff, yeah. heavy, heavy stuff. How do you separate the two. I mean, because you've got a business to run, mm-hmm. you've got a life to live, your own right. life, and I'm sure every time you step into that, it reminds you of some things in your own oh, yeah. life. How do you how do you keep those two things separate, or can you? You don't. And yeah. I think that's where people get into trouble, because they try. And they try and keep it separate, but like, your heart is your heart, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you're... If and you're, it's with you all the time. It's with yeah. you all the time. <laughs> and if you try and shove it down... It's still beating yeah. and it's like, hey, I'm feeling right now and you need to feel this with me. And I think, you know, one of the things that I've really learned over the past couple of years is that grief and joy aren't mutually exclusive. You can feel both at the same time. And a perfect example of that was last July 18th. So it was just like a week ago um, or two weeks ago now, <laughs> like losing track of time, um, was my husband's birthday. And I got a phone call from Children's Hospital and they were like, hey, we have a family. They're saying goodbye to their child today and we need a photographer. And we have not been able to reach any of the photographers that normally work with our hospital. Will you come? Will you show up? Mm. And I was like, oh shit. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, this is my husband's birthday. Like yeah. his, his parents are coming into town to take us out to a nice dinner tonight. And I know this is gonna wreck me, but I can't say no, right? Because yeah. I'm their last call. And if I don't show up, they don't get photos of their child. So how was the birthday party in the, ho- in the hospital? Right? <laughs> I'm wondering right. how you pulled this off. Yeah, so, and, and to your point, you, you have to feel and you have to process your emotions. Yeah. So literally I went to the hospital. The mom was like, I don't want any pictures with tubes in my child's body. So I was like, okay, do you, do you want to wait for the baby to pass? And then I'll take pictures afterwards. And she was like, no, like as soon as you pull those tubes out, I want photos. Oh, and so I was like, oh goodness. my gosh, I'm going to watch this baby die. Uh. So I, I mean, it was like someone had pulled a grenade and threw it at me and I caught it and just watched it blow up right in my face. And I was crying hysterically. I watched a mom and dad together just like watch their baby die and hold them and grieve. Oh my gosh. And I, I mean, honestly, and, and to be fair for everyone listening, that was like worst case scenario session. I, I have not done a session that hard ever. Most of the sessions are more like normal portrait sessions with like just a tinge of sadness, but that one was a, a really, really hard one and it was on my husband's birthday. And so I literally like sat in my truck and was like, what do I do with this? Because I am such a wreck inside. There is no way I can show up and love my husband well this evening with his parents and celebrate his birthday. So I sat there and I was like, what, what do I need? because our bodies try and communicate with us. Mm -hmm. And if we listen, we can actually have a conversation with our own selves and be mindful of how we feel, what we need, what brings us rest, what makes us feel loved, and what brings healing. So 
me, I was like, okay, I need to go eat my feelings for a minute. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go get some ice cream. I love that. So I went to the ice cream shop, had a nice cup of strawberry ice cream by myself, went to my car, had a good cry again, and then went and got an hour massage. And for an hour, just laid there, and I was like, I need you to focus on my head, neck, and shoulders, because that's where I hold all my stress. So for an hour... I just had time to process everything yeah. that I'd been through, yeah. like think through and grieve with the family. And, and honestly, it brought back a lot of watching my own daughter oh, of die. Of course, of course. And so that was a whole nother level um, that I had to process through. And so went and got a massage. And after that, went and got um, a chiropractic adjustment. And by that time, my in-laws were in town ready to take us to dinner. But because I had focused and taken the whole afternoon off just to focus on taking care of myself, by the time they showed up for dinner, I was actually a functioning, healthy human being again. I think there's a tremendous lesson yes, in this yes. uh, for any of our listeners out there. And the reason is, is because what you just described was so dramatic. You mm-hmm. could make a pretty strong case that because it was so dramatic, you did something dramatic, i.e. you went to the got a massage, you went to the mm-hmm. chiropractor, you got a bowl of ice cream. <laughs> I think there's a subtlety in this, which is oftentimes the work that we're working on, it's not as dramatic, but we the underlying stress that's involved with launching and working, and if you don't take a break, and that's the lesson in this, if you don't create some margin, for mm-hmm. your body to process what's going on, for your mind to have a chance to process what's going on, um, it's can be it can be dangerous. And in your case specifically, mm-hmm. it was so dramatic. Right. Kudos to you for knowing and listening to your body. But I yeah. think for a lot of entrepreneurs out there, entrepreneurs, especially at work, no, it's like they don't take the necessary breaks. They just they just knocked out a huge project no, yeah. and they go to the next one. Or they knocked out a huge deliverable and they go to the next one without like saying to yourself, okay, take a break. That allows mm-hmm. your mind to process and then get into that space yeah. of beginning the next step of doing more. So, And I think a lot of entrepreneurs put their business first yeah. above everything else. I was guilty of it when I started my photography business. I mean, it was like really hard talk with my husband. He came down one night to my office and was like, hey, just so you know, like we need to have a talk because I feel like your clients are coming before me and that hurts. And I was like, damn, ouch. Like, yeah, that hurts. I am so sorry. I had no intention of doing that, but I'm so sorry. And it, and I started thinking back and I was like, yeah, like anytime someone emails me, I, I break what I'm doing and get back to them or, you know, working on that. And, and with what I'm doing now, I think there's a level of serving clients, especially in emergency situations where, I mean, it's hard to be married to me and it's hard to be my friend because there are times where I do need to sacrifice things yeah. to serve my clients and our, the families that we serve at Love Not Lost. But yeah, so there's a certain level of grace and understanding I'm, I'm requiring from the people who I spend a lot of time with. But well, also, I, th- I think too, though, you, you're you know, having some margin to have that conversation with those around you to say, yeah. okay, what am I missing? What, what am I, you know, getting calibrated? Mm-hmm. I mean, but taking the time to have some of those conversations is so yeah. important. So, I mean, literally if you're in your car, wherever you're at and you you're feeling the stress of what you're trying to do right now. Yeah. Advice number one, go get a, go, a bowl of ice cream. I mean, definitely start <laughs> right. there. But t- take some time to yeah. actually think about it and give your mind a rest. I think that's a really, really important lesson. And one of the things I'm, I'm personally convicted of listening to actually share is the idea, the fact that I can tell that that was not the first time she's paused to be mindful. 
Like you, yep. like, I mean, just being transparent, like the times I've, you know, when, if you're just getting into trying to pay attention to how you're feeling, you wouldn't immediately say ice cream, massage, chiropractor, mm-hmm. and I'm back in the game, baby. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it, it, for it, sure. Because you just you you wouldn't necessarily know what it's what your body's saying. Right. Like that takes a certain amount of time with yourself. Absolutely. To understand exactly what's coming back to you. Um, and if you're like Kevin, you're out of here. You're, you're out of here. I would say, hey, you need to download the app called Headspace, and you need to try being mindful because I do think there's something that's a learned skill. Absolutely. And I, and I feel like what you did really spoke to. I know what my body's telling me because I don't do this all the time, and probably. But what you do requires that kind of thing on a regular basis. You can't do self-care once a quarter. No. Doing this kind of work. And I would say none of us who are who are doing what we're trying to do, if you're trying to be make a difference in your organization, start a new business, mm-hmm. in your community, whatever, even lead a family, if you're only taking time for yourself once a quarter, it's not enough. Yeah. I mean, it's just a reality. It's like, I mean, yeah. it's just not it's just not enough. And I'm and I'm speaking to myself. I'm sure if my wife listens to this podcast, she's probably like, "That's right. <laughs> listen to Ashley. Yeah, listen to Ashley. Absolutely. But but, but 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 it's just true. It's just yeah. true. Like the work we're doing is is such an emotional investment. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're no matter where you are, no matter where you are, yeah. that you have to do that. So that's just that's just yeah, encouraging. That's gold. Yeah, yeah. It is. And to finish my thought earlier too, like Please. the the entrepreneur lifestyle, it's so easy to sacrifice everything to focus on your business and put that first. But one thing I realized was when I'm not healthy and when my relationships aren't healthy, my business is not going to be healthy. And so for Love Not Lost, like Love Not Lost is essentially my second child. (laughs) So like I am loving that and taking care of that to the best of my ability. And that's something like I want to see it succeed. I want to see it reach that national level, global level. Like I want to see it just take off. It won't be successful if you love and lose. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, that's that's the spirit of what you're saying is you yeah. have to take those moments of pause. And, and, and be that. intentional, too, be intentional. because be intentional with your choices. Because that was something, I don't know um, if you guys have, have watched the Steve Jobs documentary. But watching that was really heartbreaking. Because I was mm-hmm. like, here's this man who changed the world. Mm-hmm. And his personal life was, was turmoil. That's right. And... I was just like, wow, like, can you change the world and still maintain a healthy personal life as well as a professional life? And that's my goal is to figure out how to do that. And we believe you can. I mean, it's one of the reasons we put this podcast together because we want to talk to entrepreneurs just like yourself and entrepreneurs like people listening. There is a way to do this Mm -hmm. and you can be successful at both. And I think that's what we were designed to do. I just think sometimes we get sidetracked and focused and Mm -hmm. that passion turns into an obsession and that's not healthy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So well, so well said. I mean, I've I've tons to follow up with. I mean, but I think that you summarized so well. So, Actually, for someone who's listening right now, mm-hmm. and they're, and I, I want to go two sides, because I think with your business mindset, I just love you to just seem like, hey, what are some of the things, Shane asked the question yesterday, but I want to ask it again. Some things you would do again, like, yeah, hey, some great things I would advise you to do. Maybe mm-hmm. some blind spots you encounter you didn't see coming that you were like, hey, mm-hmm. hey, a couple of things I want to, if I could give you just a, be a lighthouse for you, I would just say, hey, that's in the water. Just look ahead mm-hmm. on the business side. And, and then my last follow-up question is more of a, for those of that, who are a passion project, and then just any words of wisdom as well. So we we'll just kind of go in that order. Just, hey, what you did, you want to do it again? Maybe some warnings that you want to give out to anybody who's listening. Um, and then, you know, just some parting words. All right. Well, starting out, I operate very much under the principle that ignorance is bliss. <laughs> so oh, if, you, if you don't know something, you can't be afraid of it. <laughs> yeah. um, so... 
starting a nonprofit was something that I had zero clue how to do. Yeah. I just knew that was what I needed to do. And I'm very glad I didn't know everything that it would take to set it up and keep it running because it is very overwhelming at times. Mm. But I want to encourage people out there, if you do want to start something, if you're passionate about something and you want to jump in, there are resources out there. There are people. Get out in the community and talk to people. Most of the time, if you offer to take someone to coffee, they will take you up on it. If you can like be flexible with their schedule and availability. I had incredible people who were willing to share advice and wisdom to me. And I think I would absolutely do that all over again, knowing now what I know, what it takes to do the 501c3, the board members, the yeah. fundraising. Oh my gosh. Lifetime of fundraising. I would still do it all over again. Okay. Uh, and especially like we've served so many families now. And again, like just more and more stories of impact and the way people are using these photos and the way even the like Rachel, the book that I told you that the daughter used to introduce her dad, Rachel has since sent the book on tour to all the family across the U.S. So each family is sending it to different members across the family. Uh, I need to meet this Rachel. She's, I know. She's, she's a sharp young lady. She's, she's awesome. Yeah. Um, so she sent it to every family member to, to send wow. the book That's on awesome. tour and uh, for them to share with friends of Kevin. Um, wow. Anyway, so again, it's like that, that makes my job a lot easier to push forward because I, when I see the impact that it's having, it's worth it. Absolutely. Any struggle that I have is worth it. Yeah. So that's something I would do all over again. As far as advice or things to look out for, I think it's easy to get stuck and, and feel like you've hit a dead end or a brick wall where you're just like, I have nowhere else to go. But I think that that's when I would just encourage people to keep pushing and to keep pressing into what they, are, what they love, um, where they have had success, just continue meeting new people because you never know who's around the corner who can help, who's listening to this podcast, who could help Love Not Lost, right. That's right. who's reading a magazine that we hey, got you've published You've made in. reference to that a couple of times, but I, I do think these, I call them strategic relationships. I yeah, mean, absolutely. tap into that person that maybe they, they're one step beyond mm -hmm. where you are right now. And, and maybe they were at that brick wall, but they got past it and yeah. they can actually help you walk through that to absolutely. that next level. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's that. What was the... Oh, the last one, just, I mean, just, just in general, I mean, I think that for those who are starting something that, like, I mean, you didn't set out, you said to be a photographer, right? I mean, mm -hmm. so, I, mean so I want to be clear, like, yeah. that you had a business that, right. that was paying you money right. and clients to serve <laughs> before this came along and, and before mm -hmm. you felt we moved to do this. And I, and I just want to make sure that what you're doing as far as the business advice, because you were entrepreneur long before this happened, mm -hmm. but also saying, but you felt a passion and a, and a, and a, and a, you know, a heartbreak mm -hmm. and a calling towards something they may have leveraged your ability, but it definitely like pulled you out of your comfort zone. And I'm sure for anyone, no matter the impact of love not lost and, and I mean and how moving it is, that's still scary. They yeah. say, hey, okay, because there's because this is this I know how to do. I there, there's there's there is a model for how a photographer sells, makes mm -hmm. money, scales a business. Like I can go, I can you know, but this it was no one's doing it. So, mm -hmm. I, so I just want to make sure, like, within, like, but you felt called to it, and you know, yes, you researched it as well. But I just want to make sure, like, is there anything different you might say for the person who just feels the calling? Yeah. And maybe doesn't have the model. Maybe doesn't have the mm -hmm. skill. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know how to create a nonprofit. Like, there is no quote unquote thing there that I'm just going to leverage. I just love to hear anything you might add to that, or is it, is it change your advice in any area for someone who feels called to something separate of maybe the business model and, and structure stuff? Yeah, that's a great, great question. Um, I think. If you 
are not following your heart, it's really hard to be satisfied. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are people and resources that if you feel called strongly enough to do something or passionate about something, you know, mm-hmm. hard enough that you can find a way, you know, like where there's a will, where there's a way, I firmly believe that. You know, for people who are uncomfortable doing hard things, I would challenge people to, to lean into that because when you're uncomfortable, you're growing. Mm. And when you're uncomfortable, it's actually like a really good thing for your body to like be challenged in that area. Yeah. Specifically to what we're doing, you know, one of the messages that, that I really try and share with everybody is to not be afraid of grief or death. Um, it's something that happens to every single one of us. And I think it's really important to not try and hide the grim reaper in the closet, you know, like invite death to the table and let it inspire you to live a better life Mm -hmm. and to love people better and to do what you want to do in this life. Like we only have one shot. We don't get do overs. There are no second chances. So if you can take what you love, you can take the people that you love and live life really well then you can get to the end of your life and be completely content mm, that's awesome. and you won't be afraid of death. That's awesome. And I think that, you know, for, for the people who have grief and death like that has affected people close to them, I really want to encourage people to show up for those people. And even if it makes you uncomfortable, you're there loving on those people. And like death and pain and suffering is such a good teacher if you let it be a teacher. Mm. And it will really grow you as a person and teach you empathy and teach you really like priorities and what's important in life. And so I just really want to challenge all the listeners out there, invite death to the table and don't be afraid of it and let it inspire you to live better and love well. Well, Ashley, thank you so much. I mean, this was, uh, uh, yeah, this is a podcast for entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs, but you just gave us lessons on life right there. I mean, that was huge. And all of us are going through, we're either about to go through one of those moments or have gone through one of those moments and inviting that in and reaching out to people that are going through that is a huge life lesson. So thanks for sharing that. Thanks for being with us today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you. Well, like I said, so first of all, if you want to get connected with Love Not Lost, what do we do? So you can find us online at lovenotlost.org. All of our social media handles are lovenotlost.org. And, um, yeah, if you want to email me directly or if you want to make some introductions for Love Not Lost, my email is ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y, at lovenotlost.org. I would love to hear from you. Any connections you have would be greatly appreciated. We're always growing and looking for volunteers. Also, our annual fundraising event is happening March 1st, 2019. It's a really fun event. It's an amazing way to get to know us better and hear from people who've been photographed, talk to some of the photographers who've you know, served with us. We have a bunch of photographer volunteers. That's also, just take a look around our website because we have opportunities to volunteer. If you're a photographer or you have different skills, get to know us and come say hi. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, so if you've been, first time listening to this podcast, clearly this is one of our, this is my favorite interviews we've ever done. Uh, I I think I've almost cried three times. Well, actually, I teared (laughs) up three times. You've been really happy. That's when I jumped in. Yeah, I know. (laughs) 
I, I mean, he talked a lot because I really was like, Shane, help me, please. Um, but no, sincerely, this is, I mean, this podcast is designed to help you recognize that everyone's story is different, but there's some principles in there that are just so transferable and so convicting that we can all grow from. So subscribe to this podcast. We want to make sure you can grow on the go, and that happens best when you automate the ability for this content to come to you every single week. The second thing you can do, you can give us a rating or review on the on this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, wherever you like listen to your podcast. Leave us your review. We actually welcome feedback. We want to improve this podcast to serve you better. And the third thing you can do is leave us a question. We actually want to start including your questions in here. If you had a question today about starting a nonprofit, I would have loved to have had that because I could have asked it on your behalf to Ashley so you can get some of that information. So go to Launch University, that's youniversity.com forward slash question. We have three ways, phone numbers, you can leave a voicemail on our website, you can email us, There's tons of ways to leave your question. And um, you can find out all about Love Not Lost because we have a link to it in the show notes. So if you go to our website as well, launchuniversity.com forward slash podcast, you'll see the show notes for this episode. We have Ashley's email in there. You can just link to it, click a button, take you right to her email. We have everything you need there for you uh, because we want to make sure this is easy for you. So do not take notes while you drive. Do not take notes while you're on a treadmill. We've got you covered. Um, Ashley, thank you again for being with oh, us. Thank you. I'm so honored. And we hope you join us next time on the Launch University Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Launch University podcast. We hope it's helped you move from go-getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. For more helpful resources, visit launchuniversity.com.